The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Join us live, or if you want to call into the radio station, 855-LAW-RADIO, or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. You can also, if you listen to our podcast at www.radiolawtalk.com, you can go ahead and email us if you have any questions or derogatory remarks at info at radiolawtalk.com. We are receiving more and more emails. We are getting more and more popular. We are patting ourselves on the back. It is growing uh, it gr- uh, Radio Law Talk has grown rapidly, and now it's not, I'm going to say rapidly, but it's steady growing. It's, it, it's a steady growth, and so the emails are getting more numerous, and it's unfortunately, it's just difficult for us to get back with all of you, but thank you for your emails, your your notations, your, uh, uh, we love to hear uh, multiple sides of, of the story. If you have an issue, we love it. Andrew, I think we just want people to know that our growth would not be possible without the folks that turn on the radio and listen to the podcast. That's exactly right. And thank you to those those stations out there that are picking us up left and right, and we really appreciate them. And and uh, Joe Spera, our affiliates relations person, I always throw a plug in for him. Thank you, Joe. Hard work, good good work. Um, this hour, we're going to talk about vaping. We're going to talk about arbitration clause on a distribution case with Anheuser-Busch. How the heck does that matter when it comes to Hollywood and affects your movies? Those of you watching movies, it's going to affect you or may affect you. What? We're going to explain that. Yep. Umpire lawsuit. We're going to talk about umpire lawsuit. What What the heck is an umpire suing? A major league baseball umpire is suing. And I'm not going to tell you why they're suing. He's suing. But it's an interesting one. I will say if there was – if somebody were to ask me – a major league umpire is suing a player. We're not going to tell you who. You get to guess which one it is. This is the one I would have guessed. And this only, person is the one I would have guessed. And not only guessed, but what for? Yes. That's interesting, too. A salty personality, are you saying? Yes, yes, very much so. He's the probably the one that most violates the rule that people are here to watch the ball game and the players, not the umpire. Often forgets that one. One of those, huh? Yes. Okay, well, there he, maybe he'll sue you now, Todd. Yeah, he could, he could. Leslie, Good luck. Leslie Nielsen in, uh, what was the movie? <laughs> the Naked Gun. <laughs> the Naked Gun. Gun. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> he's dancing and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about the umpire suing a player and why. And then we're going to talk about Michael Jackson. Again, there's more lawsuits uh, brewing with HBO. In fact, there's an appeal. We're going to talk about that. It uh, just never ends, these lawsuits, do they? I just, these lawyers, I, I don't, we need more lawyers to help out on these lawsuits. Don't we need more more lawyers in, in, uh, the, yes, in the yes. country? Yes, yes, there, there's not enough lawyers. Yeah, isn't, we, isn't the latest ratio for California like one per 300 people, something like that's what we have right now? I don't know, but all I know is that what, what, the, law, what the world needs is more lawyers. Sure. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure people yeah. out there are agreeing that, oh. I wish there was more lawyers. Not out there. love, sweet love. We need more lawyers. <laughs> yeah, less doctors, more <laughs> lawyers. Isn't that right? Yes, there you go. <laughs> okay, and then we're gonna have case or no case. Uh, this is the second round. Denise got two points the first round. Todd and I zero, and we're ready for a case or no case, Cal. Hour number two. Except that this case or no case Uh-oh. is double points. Oh now no! Now it's time to play <laughs> case or no case. Yeah! And I told you I would take you to a, a, another parking lot. We worry about the smallest things sometimes. 
Andrea Camarelli's car was impounded for overtime parking. But would a tiny grammatical technicality be enough to save her from paying? She woke up February 13, 2014, made a cup of coffee, looked out the front window at her house in West Jefferson, Ohio, and her panicked. And she panicked because her 1993 Ford Ranger, which she parked on the street the night before, was gone. She called the cops, gave the dispatcher the year, make, and model, and the dispatcher said it has been stolen. It's been impounded for overtime parking. There were no parking signs posted along the curb. Plus, she'd been parking it there nearly every day and night since she moved into her home two and a half years before. When a cop dropped by the actual ticket, she found she'd been fined $120 for violating a West Jefferson Village parking ordinance. She looked it up online, and here's, the, I want you to listen to the verbiage, this is important. The ordinance stated it was illegal to park any motor vehicle, camper, trailer, farm implement, and or non-motorized vehicle. Illegal to park any motor vehicle, camper, trailer, farm implement, and or non-motorized vehicle on a street for more than 24 hours. She left her truck parked it there for more than 24 hours. And she said, but my SUV is not a motor vehicle camper. So she decided to seek legal counsel. And so I asked you, Mr. Kiernan, case. Or no case, this is worth two points to you, Todd. So let, 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 me, let me ask you this. <coughs> Can you read that to me again and also include the punctuation? Well, you, you, you would have to see it. It says any motor vehicle, camper, comma, trailer, comma, farm implement, and slash, or non-motorized vehicle on a street for more than 24 hours. Okay, I think she's got an argument because it wasn't motor vehicle, comma, camper, comma. Hmm. It was motor vehicle, camper which would tend to indicate that, that they're going after, you know, maybe it's a site, uh, you know, a, a way to keep things sightly because it's ridiculous to think that motor vehicles would be there. So I would say that she would win if this were a case. But I'm going to go no case. Really? Yes. I'm going to say no case. Ms. Dirks, what say you? Okay, so it if I get the language right, it is it's illegal for anybody to park a motor vehicle comma camper comma no motor vehicle motor vehicle, vehicle camper, camper comma, comma trailer comma farm implement and slash or non motorized vehicle non motorized vehicle pardon me on a street for more than 24 hours. Okay, so first of all, she would fall into the technicality that her SUV is not a motor vehicle camper. Period. It's not. It's not doesn't come within the description. Right. It's classified as a pickup. Right. So right. now, does the question line. is: Is there also a failure to notice? Is there a failure that there's no sign there saying you can't park any of these type of things? If it was, if her car was a regular car, I would say notice would have to be put on the on the street because that's too confusing. But a lot of people do know you can't do motor vehicle campers, you can't do trailers, you can't do these kind of things. Especially so in snow removal areas like Ohio. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to say that tr that Cal has found an ordinance um, that is a true and correct ordinance. And I'm going to say that he made this up based on the ordinance. No? Really? You're, I didn't I make it you, up? You just stunned me. No, I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to say scenario no case again. Mr. Penny, what say you? I the, the, What is the definition of a camper? I, I'm going to say some people use their SUV as a camper. What if she, like, lived in it for a while and had clothes and... and, it would be and a teeny tiny camper. Yeah, teeny tiny. <laughs> had a little, little porta potty in it and stuff like that. Would that be a camper? Um, I, everything that you guys are saying is very intelligent and, and I would think correct. <laughs> Um, and especially that there's no case, but do I do my strategy 
and try to go the opposite of you guys to catch up with a couple of points? Or do I fall way behind? I don't know. Is this Sicilian? I'm not quite sure. No, I, I'm going to... Uh, uh, four, points, to, four points, Fred. Four points, Fred. Four points. Uh, I'm going to stick with the same exact thing they did. They say it's not a case, but it's a scenario. I just can't lose four points. Hmm. Did you say it was not a case? I said it was not a case. Oh, damn. I said she, gone I said she would win. Said no cases. This is yes. a case. Okay, and okay, on a double point scenario, which yes. I find really interesting because uh, luckily we're not putting those points at risk. That's all I can say to that. Mm, we got one minute to go, so let's let's let's. He's teasing us on this, and so okay, just remember that 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 there was not a comma after a specific thing, but they did list the vehicles that you could and could not park. She said there was no are, sign are, put are up you, on the street. Are you saying that because you'll allow us to change our answer? No, no, I'm just okay. letting you know. I, I'm, I'm letting people in their cars or in their homes or streaming yes. the chance to change their answer. Yes, what I'm wondering is, again, you can call at 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. Uh, Donna will take your call at 855-LAW-RADIO, and you can just mention what you think. You bet. But I, 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 it's all about points for me, and that's why I'm playing the strategy and going with the same as uh, Denise and Todd. Mm. We'll be back after this with Case or No Case Conclusion. Stay tuned. There's more Radio Law Talk coming right up, right here momentarily. Thanks for turning us on. We'll be back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family. Call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. Man, I know this place right down the road. Quick, quack, car wash. Hop inside, let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine. Just come and see, I guarantee your ride will steal the show. Come on, quick, quack, car wash. Don't drive that dirty car. Quick, quack, car wash. They'll have you looking sharp. 
cost of getting rid of garbage is high and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. Many women have so many clothes in the closet, but then we go to get dressed and find we have nothing to wear. Ah! We've all been there. We all want to be comfortable and fashionable at the same time. And it's difficult to find clothing that makes that task effortless. But at Letty & Company, you can find trendy, comfortable clothing that is affordable. Things you'll want to wear every day. Shop with a purpose online with free shipping. Just go to lettyandcompany.com. lettyandcompany.com. Chris. Can you put the video game controller down for a second? I can talk and play. Oh, I'm totally annihilating this punk kid in Nebraska. I just feel like you're not acting like a grown-up in our relationship. Am too, am too. Well, you know, you still ride your skateboard to work. There's the comic book collection, the race car bed. Look, I'm young at heart, but I put money into my 401k every paycheck. I picked up a few savings tips at feedthepig.org. I have control of my financial life now, and that feels pretty grown up. Put away a few bucks, feel like a million bucks. Putting some money from every paycheck into a savings account or contributing to your 401k can make a big difference later. For free ideas and easy tips on ways to save, go to feedthepig.org. That's feedthepig.org. So, I bet. Radio Law Talk. I like that show. This is Radio Law Talk with Frederick Penny. Hey, we're back talking about case or no case, and uh, we're ta- discussing briefly uh, about uh, basically semantics of a law in Ohio where you cannot park your vehicle camper or something to that effect. You know, it's, it's tractor, camper, overnight, more than 24 hours. This lady has her SUV towed. Uh, the question is, is it a case? Uh, everyone said it's not a case, but it's a true scenario. Cal, what happened in this well, alleged Well, case? I'm fascinated by this, especially because each of you had the chance to win double points. Oh. Had being the operative word. I am so oh, sorry. Oh, I should have gone against you guys. <laughs> Wow, it's so a real this, case. So this woman went to the municipal office to point out the grammatical error, expecting the mayor to rip up the ticket and call it a done deal. But they, uh, the mayor did not do so, so she officially contested the citation. So she had a bench trial and discovered that 27 other people in her subdivision had their cars towed the same day. Most of them just shut up and paid the fine. She said, I'm not going to do that. This isn't right. Undeterred, she made her case. The village countered the ordinance did apply, despite the inadvertent, Todd, as your instincts told you, despite the inadvertent omission of the comma between the phrase motor vehicle and the word camper. And the court agreed, said anybody reading the ordinance can understand it's just a missed comma. But she went to the 12 District Court of Appeals in Ohio, and they said, no, not going to make any sense. If you're going to charge people and take their cars, You'd better get it right. Well, yes, which nice. I agree with. Yeah, I agree me with. Too. So that, ladies and gentlemen, wow. is, and, and let's hear it for the winner of Case or No Case this Nobody. time. 
me. Cal Hunter. <laughs> oh, Cal stooped us. Duped us. You know, that, that, that's interesting because clearly a defense existed, right? Yes. A defense clearly. And how many people just went and paid the fine? Exactly. Just went Most and do. agreed to pay the fine. That happens a lot. You talked, uh, you talked about Bob Kraft. Yes. Remember him? There were a lot of people that just went and pled, even though there was a defense. Right. They pled to solicitation. And then there were several defendants that kind of ha- stayed back to see what Kraft was going to do. And then Kraft got his good old lawyers on it, and they came up with a very good defense, and they won. And so all these other people that had just hung away. out from with Kraft, they, they actually just said, I do what he does in court. Exactly. Whatever yeah. he says, I agree with. That's and called hanging benefited. on the coattails. <laughs> it it, it <laughs> is. And I'll tell you. In my opinion, any time you think that you have been charged with a crime that is part of an overall effort, sting, some operation where the police are, you know, we're devoting this weekend to doing this, I'd be hesitant to plead for this reason. They tend to take an assembly line approach to the investigation of the case, the writing the reports. Oh, we arrested 20 people on this thing. I don't want to write 20 individuals. I'm just going to cut and paste this because the facts are all the same and do this. And eventually, somebody will come up with a case whose facts were a little different. And it doesn't apply. And now you've got a defense. Well, so seek your local counsel. Seek your on local that. counsel and talk to them about that. And I, I guess I should amend that and say, I. I would not do anything until you seek local counsel because you may have something that crept in there that because of the assembly line approach that they took to the investigation of the case and writing the reports could provide a defense for you. You want to talk to counsel. There's a reason the Constitution provides for people to have the assistance of counsel in the criminal process, and that's why. I just love this because a judge said, really, you think you can take people's cars because you forgot a comma? Really? Yes. I just love that. That's awesome. That was awesome. I loved it. And you don't think the city or the county would have gotten on one of us citizens if we made a mistake like that they'd say no. i don't care we're going to go after you know so, so yes you guys make a mistake and you have to deal it with is it. really important to read the law especially as it's codified because the legislature does make mistakes and you will find loopholes often because of how you read it or missing grammar or because one phrase is before another phrase you know where we see this we see this oftentimes in the initiative process you know it's not a law that's being passed by the legislature it's something where people go out and you get signatures and the signatures are supposed to be by the average people say yeah i support that that should be on the ballot and then the voters vote for it right well sometimes people go forward and they say yeah we got we got a hundred thousand signatures to support this and then somebody will contest it and say, well, you do, but the person getting 5,000 signatures over here was using a version of the initiative that is worded slightly different than the person over here. And if they're not worded the same, then the signatures don't count. And people are voting on something different. So, yeah, grammar matters. It's why they teach it in school. Mm, and we're going to hold the government to it, right? Yeah, we should. Okay, we should. we're politically neutral, but, that, but yes. that's, that's an interesting thing. Hey, you, okay, vaping. We have talked about vaping quite a bit, and last week, and I believe the week before, Michigan and Oregon are two, and I believe uh, New York have overturned some of the uh, – the governors are setting these emergency you know, vaping laws that are stopping from the sale of any vaping yes. going on. And they call right, them emergency. Right, they're emergencies. called a ban. Ban, a temporary ban. 
Correct. And so this is the first case coming down out of uh, Massachusetts that actually the court and this temporarily upheld the ban by the governor. But it, it sounds like, wow, the first message, that's what the first thing I thought. The Massachusetts has, the, the governor has won this case. Not really. Yes. And so it's interesting to see exactly what has happened here because the controversial temporary ban that these gover governors are doing in other states are being overturned by almost pretty much every uh, appellate court. But this judge said, no, I'm not going to overturn it, but yes. you have until uh, what October 28th, and that is, by the way, next week. Oh, it's, uh, oh, Monday. Monday. Monday, By yeah. Monday, to rewrite the ban so it's not unconstitutional. And this judge actually hinted and said that this, I believe the way it's written, is illegal. That's right. But we're giving you until the 28th, and you've got to hold public hearings. Um, yeah, and there's three things they have to do, yeah, right? Hold public hearings, rewrite the ban, and I don't remember the third thing. Uh Oh, pro oh, see whether or not it provides a fiscal impact to businesses. Yeah. So when we come back from the break, we have an update about what the governor's office did yesterday to try to accommodate the judge. I've got that update. Oh, we'll so see what they did. I don't. I didn't know that. Yes. So Todd's going to talk about that, and then we're going to come back. And after vaping, we're going to talk about yep arbitration clause that's going to affect your may affect your uh, movie watching. We'll be right back. Thanks for turning on Radio Law Talk. There's much more coming up right here, so just stay tuned to your favorite station or to radiolawtalk.com. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo. But first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? All right, then. Well, uh, Denise, you go ahead. Non uti consilius me oriere por questus purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can't we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd, Todd do it. it. Me? <laughs> read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <coughs> The information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general. The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on RadioLawTalk.com as well. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. 
I tried counting calories, I took pills, eating and eating, and then more eating. I really wanted to stop, but nothing could make me stop. At one point, it was so bad that I just felt like giving up. I felt so alone, like nobody else could possibly understand. We understand. We're Overeaters Anonymous, and we have helped thousands of people just like you. People who want to stop their compulsive eating and start living a healthy, rewarding life. Overeaters Anonymous, help me get my life back. Now I eat in a way that's healthy and good for me. I never realized what I was missing out on. With OA, I am living again and loving it. Start living the life you deserve with help from Overeaters Anonymous. Find us on the web at OA.org. I'm going to quick quack car wash, get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty shiny, sexy, just because I want to don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Wash a hundred feet of cloth, washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack will spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy, looking snappy, you'll be glad you was asked a quick quack. Car wash it on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road, come visit the duck. Quick quack car wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to Iceberg Drive-Ins. And now we're back to Radio Law Talk. What are you saying? We've got three minutes to go here. What are you saying to me? I'm seeing a lot of hand signals here. 33. 33. 33. Yeah, we're 33. So, oh, thank you. So we you know what? We'll, we'll be okay. Seconds. I will be okay. I promise I'll be okay in about two years. Everything will work out it's fine. It's okay. So but uh, we've got just a little bit of time here. What? Okay. Here we go. There's a chance we might get back on time. Here we are. Our stations rejoining us at this moment. Thank you all. Yeah, we're talking about vaping. We were talking about vaping yes. uh, during the break, before the break. Um, the vaping ban, Todd, you had some an issue about the vaping ban. Out of Massachusetts, the judge is going to give uh, the governor a little more time to rewrite the ban, hold some public hearings, check fes- fiscal impact. Uh, and that's not a lot of time, by the way. But you found out what, as of What's going on right now? Yeah, so when the judge said, okay, I'll keep the ban, but I'm going to give you essentially a week to get your ducks in a row, which is what you know the right. court said, the court noted that the state had not addressed whether it was a, quote, emergency. 
and said that the the ban as originally proposed was predominantly relied upon as an epidemic. I'm using the air quotes for those of you, everyone in Radioland, an epidemic among young users in Massachusetts. And the court said, well, if you're going to institute an emergency ban, you better use the word emergency. So, So that's what they did. And on Friday, the Public Health Commission in Massachusetts issued new guidelines and a new public health emergency so that the governor can then issue the executive order citing the public health emergency. Except, this is just my dime store armchair quarterback legal analysis from A. Todd Cunin. Flaggle analysis. That's right. Tell you what, they ain't had this much fun since the pigs ate grandma. But what they're saying here is... Quote, while a national investigation has not yet identified a specific e-cigarette or vaping product substance that's linked to all cases, so they're admitting uh, we don't have any citations. No common thread here. Um, we will say that it's a common factory, or a common factor. Uh, the history of e-cigarette use is showing up with some of this, and they say it affects the elderly and it also affects kids. They didn't say all adults. They focus yeah, more they on the elderly. Yeah, more of a public emergency. And, and so this is what I think is going to happen. Wouldn't surprise me if this happens. They're going to go back before the judge on Monday and say, "Okay, today's the 28th. This is what we've done." And I think the judge is going to look at that and go, "You didn't do what I told you to do." Well, let me tell you, Michael Siegel, a professor of community health sciences at Boston University of Public Health, said, "There's a, there's another issue if this ban goes through. The issue is." Those who switch from vaping are going to go back to smoking cigarettes, and and not only that, it's going to create, he believes, a possible black market in the community for vaping products. So that there's 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 arguments on both sides of the uh, table here, and the other issue is, and for what I remember on all these discussions, the main thing that the governors and the community is worried about is children. And the and they were gonna ban just vaping uh, issues with bubble gum, the bubble gum flavor, the, the, the flavors, kid right, flavor, candy flavor. And now there's right. they're they're banning it on everything. And then remember last week I went into statistics. What did they say? 22 deaths so far. And then and, and one death is too many. Don't get me wrong. 33 deaths. And then we went through the alcohol-related deaths of teens and stuff like that. And it was astronomical. And so did they ban alcohol? No. And so. Uh, th- there's arguments on both sides, but I think, Todd, I think you're right. I think you're leaning towards something that is going to happen, and the judges can go, not good enough to protect uh, the constitutional... But uh, legislatures have an urgency and emergency ordinance procedure. Usually an ordinance doesn't take place until the beginning of the next year or a new law. But they've got a procedure. They can make it an urgency. If they all agree and have enough votes and that the governor can right. sign it early, they can say right. it's going to go effect in 10 days, 30 days, 2 minutes. And my question about all of this is, What's wrong with the legislative process? Let's use elected officials to use to make public policy. That's right. why we have a representative Rather than doing government. the executive process right, where exactly. the governor just declares an or emergency. Let me yeah. put on my crown and I'll decide what's going to happen. Or as yeah. did you say, a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, case. well, it's, it's kind of, isn't that what the court's saying? You need public hearings. You need to have the impact on the businesses, how it's going to affect. So in other words, don't just jump on an emergency executive bandwagon. Get out there and either do the legislative approach or governor. Do you have to do hearings and you have to do, um, you know, some kind of an impact assessment? Essentially, if you are going to take something away from somebody 
and, and in this case, it would specifically be vape shop owners and those that want to use the vaping product. They have to have an opportunity to be heard. It's called due process. And they have to have this opportunity to be heard. Now, I do want to say, you talked about legislatures. The, the executive ban that was put into place was only supposed to last until the 25th of January 2020. Mm -hmm. So it was temporary to allow the legislature time to get in and, right. and do yeah. their stuff. Because all legislatures aren't in session yeah. uh, 365. So yeah. the issue that the Judge Wilkins also said is he said the following, quote, these va well, the vaping, when he's talking about the vaping companies, companies, they've certainly suffered and will, will continue to suffer very great financial impact and are likely to show that the order is unlawful as currently written. So basically he's saying, look, guys, good luck. I'm just going to give you a little bit of extra time. I've seen judges do that just so they don't get uh, overturned on the appeal. Well, curiously, Fred mentioned kids, and I, ta I talked to a vaping guy up in, in my little end of the state who said, kids don't buy stuff from me. They buy their marijuana-infused products. They, they buy all of that stuff online. They do not come into a legal California shop where they have to be 21 to buy vaping products. They buy all that stuff online. Has nothing or through to blacklisted. Do. Exactly. The, right. In other words, the fear of the black market, it's too late. That dog is out hunting right, right. now. And, right. and yeah. the fact of the matter is they can't buy it from him because kids, if you're under the age of 18 or 21 for the purpose of marijuana and stuff like that, the law already exists. You can't buy it. Exactly. And, and I mean, this is just well, at least in California. In, in California, well, I would I would be surprised if it was any different in Massachusetts. If under the age of eighteen, they were allowed to buy vaping products, no. I'd be surprised if that was anywhere. They're already not allowed to do it. And guess what? If they, uh, you know, my geography might be off, but if Massachusetts, if this ban holds up. There are going to be a lot of sales in Rhode Island <laughs> of vaping products in any state that borders Massachusetts. <laughs> or Maine or whatever. Yeah. yeah right, right. That's interesting. So we're going to – we will be following this. <laughs> Don't forget, any, any – isn't Texas next to Massachusetts? Massachusetts isn't that big. <laughs> oh, okay. So. Sorry. My geography. i got to go back. We're going we're gonna to talk about uh, this a as we go forth. I, I'm telling you, next week we'll talk about it. The week after, this vaping issue is coming up. So we got – Cigarettes that were on going on forever. How long did vaping last? Th think of the how long cigarettes have last over hundred ye hundreds of years, and now they're starting to to, to strangle hold cigarettes. But vaping only lasted a few years. I, I could just see in the future some cataclysmic thing happens with the government, and this is now referred to as the the Boston Vape Party. You know, so oh my gosh, what, it's always happening in Boston. What'd you do? Uh, we threw a bunch of bowls of pot in the bay. Okay, great. But it's still fascinating <laughs> that cigarettes are still legal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're killing children, people. Uh, but yeah. they're not flavored cigarettes. Yeah, those are illegal too. Yeah, yeah well, all I got to say is, remember, Cal, last week and we talked about you and I eating the candy cigarettes right, when we were young right, kids. Back in and, the day, yeah. and I loved it. I loved it. In <laughs> Right there outside the supermarket where us kids were walking around, there was just a big box, and you put money in, you pull the little lever, and a pack of cigarettes would drop out. So that's how Cal started smoking cigarettes. <laughs> No, not that he did. He Excuse did. me, what? Yeah, no, Cal. <laughs> Beg your pardon? Uh, there's a dispute about energy drinks that everyone's saying, what does this have to do with Hollywood? Well, in Hollywood, anytime there's an issue, or not anytime, but many times when there's an issue, there's an arbitration clause. So a lot of fights or arguments or issues that come before you know, directors, actors, actresses, the you know the studios, et cetera, et cetera. They have to do arbitration, 
and there's a and and you don't hear about it most of the time because there's these clauses that you have to be quiet about it, you know, non-disclosure clauses, and and so we don't hear hardly anything about these issues or about uh, these cases that are I'm going to call them even though they're not, but they're kind of internal because what they do is they go out and hire independent arbitrators to hear the case and one of the biggest ones in the country is 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 called jams and there's a there's a aaa uh arbitrators it's which not, is uh, american arbitration association right so you use these arbitrators and a lot of us do this and and these arbitrators are are whatever they come up with is just as if you've been in a court of law and so they've used this for so many years in Hollywood. There's an issue between Anheuser-Busch Beer and uh, who sells Monster Drink. Uh, apparently, these energy drinks for 20 years had these, an exclusive territory. And it all came down to the issue of whether or not they can bring this before an arbitration judge and whether or not there's conflicts with these arbitration judges. And, and, and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back in about 30 seconds. we got to get out of here in about 30, 45 seconds. But, but we're going to talk about how that affects Hollywood. And uh, it's interesting how it ties in. A little boring for some people maybe, but to me it was interesting because we as lawyers always use these arbitrations. And they're former retired judges. Uh, they're former judges, retired judges, retired DAs, and they're the, the arbitrators. So we're going to be back and talk about that right after the break. There's more Join radio us. law. Yep, thank you, Fred. There's more radio law talk ahead right here. You stay tuned. We'll be right back. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. 
I am Cameron Levitt, Chief Operating Officer of Concussion Medical Clinic. California's first concussion medical clinic is now open. As concussions increase each year, there has never been a greater need for concussion specialists. Our physicians at Concussion Medical Clinic are board certified in pediatric neurology and sports medicine and have partnered with universities, hospitals, and rehab clinics to expedite the recovery process. Simply put, we are elevating the standard of care. When you need an expert concussion opinion or concussion care, visit concussionmedicalclinic.com to schedule your appointment. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty, shiny, sexy, just because I want to don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car wash. A hundred feet of cloth washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda Mazda, Porter, Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. Don't screw her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the quick quack car wash. Get on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road, come visit the dock. Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo, but first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? Right then. Well, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd, Todd do it. it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <coughs> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. I like the Amargosa Valley. Go to the website, radiolawtalk.com. You can listen to the show there, and there's a lot of other good information, too. That's radiolawtalk.com. Call us at 855-LAW-RADIO if you have any uh, issues uh, that you want to discuss that we're talking about, or if you have a question uh, that we probably cannot answer because uh, we can't give legal advice. But still call us, 855-LAW-RADIO. We were talking about, Denise, this dispute about arbitration and how it applies to Hollywood. Yeah, um, there's a company that's called uh, Olympic Eagle that for 20 years distributed uh, Anheuser-Busch beer and also had an agreement to sell Monster Energy drinks and use Anheuser-Busch distribution systems. Uh, system and they had exclusive territory for all this time so then Anheuser-Busch decides they're going to take it back and start doing it so this arises a, a lawsuit breach of contract between Olympic Eagle Anheuser-Busch and it is supposed to be arbitrated so they go to jams which is an arbitration um, system that has a lot of ju- uh, arbitrators that, that does this type of business um, disputes and what happens the arbitrator does not disclose to Olympic Eagle 
that they have done so many different um, arbitrations for um, the Coca-Cola company, which is Monster, and that they, they are in, written into their contracts, and they're like repeat users of the arbitration system. 90, so, I interrupt. 97 arbitrations for Monster over the last five years. No, See, no, that, that, not just lot. from the company, not right. just from GEMS. 97 instances of this, this particular arbitrator. Right. Ruling on Monster Energy Drink. That's right, things. and and yeah. Jams has many arbitrators. Yes. So they could like switch those up. So what what the court finally says in this is that you know what we do have to look at somebody who is a repeat uh, a repeat player and whether or not these arbitrators have a bias because that's who pays their bills. You know, that's that's who funds their company. Um, is there a bias here? And do they have ethical duties, meaning the arbitrators, to disclose? I've had 99 arbitrations with this particular person or this particular company because this repeat player bias exists. And there's a presumption that it does exist. Now, in a footnote, this is really fun. Now, this is how it gets to the entertainment side of it. Um, you, we talk in the past about amicus briefs, where friends of the court gets to put in briefs. Well, this is where uh, there was a supernatural arbitration. Supernatural is an um, entertainment show. It's a, on the TV show. And the owner of that, uh, Kripke, um, filed an amicus brief in this case. Not only that, but Warner Brothers also attempted to file amicus briefs in this dispute. And what the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals said is that we're going to not regard those amicus briefs and we're going to apply the supernatural dispute to today's opinion. Nevertheless, a reckoning is coming. So they're making a big change here and they want to give everybody a heads up. Um, they, they want, in to the extent that there's private arbitration systems that favor replete players or customers, um, that it's got to be disclosed. So really quick, so, so the, the issue is, is how it affects them is they're worried about they're not able to arbitrate these things and arbitration goes out, out the window and next thing you know, everybody's going to hear about it in the public. Yeah, it, a couple of, do you know what a law review article is? Has anybody ever heard the term yeah. law review? And like every law school's got one. It's the scholarly articles that are written. And if it's a big school like UCLA or something like something that, like you and I were never on. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. And the, the top students are always in law review <laughs> and writing stuff. And you know, we're, we're out. Yeah, you know, I don't know, doing whatever. But so UCLA has a law review. Now it's interesting. After um, Olympic Eagle lost, they found this law review article written by an attorney, but published in the UCLA Law Review, and it was about this mandatory arbitration and how, if a company goes, if if the arbitrator does work, and it's the same company that feeds a lot of work here, there can be this what you call repeat player bias, right? Right. The attorney who wrote the article that was in UCLA was named Ronald Nessim. Now, you talked about the Supernatural case. Yes. Where the guy named Kripke was suing because he didn't have this. The name of the attorney representing Kripke, Nessim. Ronald <laughs> Nessim. He wrote the article because he knows all about this. And, and yeah, you talk about Hollywood being upset. They arbitrate everything in Hollywood. And they probably use the same couple of arbitrators. And if they now have to have it disclosed by the arbitrator how many times they've repped it, 
not only does that get out, but the secrecy is gone because it tells how many times those folks have had to go to arbitration. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so, and you know what? The dissent in this case was really interesting because the dissent said, unfortunately, the majority here is, is going to undermine the arbitration system for the one-shot players. So the dissent felt like this is making the whole arbitration system look like it's corrupt or something. And those one-shot players that really only go once in their lifetimes are going to feel they're not going to get a, a fair shake. And I, I think it's a fair point. It is. But I don't think I would have dissented on that note. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I just look at it this way. If somebody comes to me and wants to retain me, I have an obligation to tell them if I have a conflict of interest. If, if, if I'm a private attorney... And and they want to they they want to hire me. I don't do personal injury they, to to sue this person. And I have a financial interest in the company they want to sue. A, I probably shouldn't take the case. But even if I did, I have to tell them that so they know where my conflict is. Why would that not apply to the person or entity to whom the case has been assigned to adjudicate it? Uh, you'd think you'd want to know if the arbitrator maybe has a financial interest. Because remember, in these cases here, sometimes arbitrators for the same company may have a financial interest yes. in other arbitrators. That's what they found. You'd want to know that so that you could pick an arbitrator that was completely neutral. That's right. And as a temporary judge, you have the same ethical duties. Fred, you're a temporary judge. And if you have, if you know one of the parties or if you know one of the witnesses, or certainly if you have any kind of financial relationship disclose with it. anybody, even the attorneys, you disclose it up front. And there are times when you, it's mandatory that you conflict yourself out. Yep. Right. You know, and if certainly if you have a financial interest with any of the parties or the attorneys, you have to disqualify yourself. No legal advice, but a legal question does this mean that it would be wise for a person signing an agreement to say you know what i don't want that arbitration clause in there not necessarily i think it you, again seek local counsel um right but of course the, that's my the point the issue yes, is right. it, it depends it I mean, does i the court systems are so jammed up cal believe it or not the arbitration system is generally i think this is just fred penny talking quicker easier and better a lot of times in the courts because it's so jammed up to get to get out in a, in a case especially civil you criminal people out there working going no it's not of course because you get as criminal lawyers they get first crack at the open uh courtrooms where civil we gotta wait and i would answer that question as yes if it's a big company on the other side, do not agree to jams. Do not agree to AAA. Agree to a mutually agreed upon arbitrator. Right. And if you do that, then you can get more neutrality. That's yes. what I would say. Yeah, that's a good idea. You've mm -hmm. got to believe going into a situation like this that somehow there's a chance at fairness. And if there's not, why would right. you why would you put yourself in that situation, the lose-lose environment, right? Way back in the day, I did employment and labor law. This is before I became a deputy district attorney. So we're talking 2000 to 2004, 2005. And I remember then that when a case would go to arbitration, you'd get a list of a bunch of arbitrators, sometimes mediators and stuff, and you'd submit like two or three names, and, and they'd submit two or three names to see if there was one that you agreed upon between the two of you. And, and that seemed to be a blind way to come up with something, but... You know, if I'm a small one-person individual and I'm going to arbitration against a big company and they're like, we want to go with this guy. We want to go with this company. But my first question would be, why? You know what's you know, interesting? <laughs> if you've got a good lawyer, yeah. most of the time they know, stay away from this one, stay away from that one. This one's going to definitely lean toward toward Coca-Cola. or you, The arbitrator, I mean, 
good lawyers kind of know. You don't know all of them, but you're going to know, okay, do not use that guy or gal or don't use that guy or gal. You mean being a good lawyer is more than just knowing the black letter law? It's knowing other other things? Yes, a you little know, bit outside the box. Yes. You know, I, I think even if we represented Coca-Cola, based on this decision, I think we would have to now caution them that maybe you better mix it up a little bit in your contracts and not always use the same arbitration system mm-hmm. because you don't want it to be favorable to you all the time. So uh, join us third hour. We're going to talk about a lot of other things. I know this is an hour-by-hour show, but you know what? Go to our website, www.radiolawtalk.com. And we'll be back. Stay tuned. There's more Radio Law Talk coming up available to you. You don't want to miss a second of it, so don't go away. Copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. (laughs) 